For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the cross requires cling to the one. Amen. We're in John chapter 13. If you'd like to follow along today, John chapter 13. And we're talking about and preaching about the private talks of Jesus. The private talks of Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is when you have a private talk with Jesus and he has a private talk with you. Amen. I want to welcome our new listeners out there as we're going through the gospel of John chapter by chapter, pulling out those nuggets of God's holy word. And the Bible says in John chapter 13, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Unto the end. Unto the end. Even though Jesus knew that the disciples would deny him, turn their back on him. One was going to betray him. The Bible says that he loved them unto the end. And you listen to me. He loves you unto your very end of your life. And if you're saved and you're born again, you're going to be with him, amen, for all eternity. And the Bible says there he loved them unto the end. And in supper, verse number two, and supper being ended, the devil, having now put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things in his hands, and he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. He, he took off his garments, his cloak, his coat, and he took a towel and he girded himself what, what, like a servant would to get ready to work. Verse 5, after that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Now I want you to stop and think about that. Here's a man, but this is Jesus. He is God in the flesh, but he is washing another man's feet. Now this is the maker of heaven and earth, the moon and the stars, the sun and the sea, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the I am that I am. And he is taking the time to wash someone's feet. Amen. Now it's not like they talk, took off their, sat down and took off their clean socks and their shoes. No, back then they wore sandals and they walked in the dirt and the muck and the mire and no telling what they had to walk through in the streets with all the animals. And here Jesus is humbling himself, getting down and washing their feet. Verse number six, then cometh he to Simon Peter and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? 
Man, I love that. Let me give you the Mike Sadler interpretation of that. Lord, do you, Lord Jesus, do you think you're going to wash my feet? This is Peter talking here. What do you, what do you think you're going to wash my feet? And so I can see how Peter maybe thought, well, this is Jesus. No way is he going to humble himself and have to wash my feet. I am his servant. I am here to serve him and do his bidding and what he wants. This is wrong. This is total opposite. I should maybe, maybe he thought, I don't know, maybe he thought he should be the one washing Jesus' feet. I don't know, but I do know what the Bible says. He said, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Question mark. You mean you're going to wash my feet, Jesus? Verse number seven. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Jesus is telling you, think about it. He's washing their feet, but he tells Peter, What I do thou knowest not. You really don't understand the true meaning of this as of right now, but you will, he says. And so there must have been, you stop think about that, there must have been a much deeper meaning than just the washing of feet. Absolutely, there is. There's a much deeper and bigger meaning than just the washing of some dirty feet. Verse number eight, Peter saith unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. Careful with that word, never. You know, many times in my own experience, when I say never, I'll end up doing it or end up having no choice but to do it. And so, especially if you're going to tell God never, never, if you're going to tell Jesus never, it better be about something that's his commandments that he told you not to do. Thou shalt not murder. Thou don't sin. I, I never want to do that. I understand that. But careful when just throwing it out there. I'm never going to do that. Jesus, you're never going to do that. I'm never going to let you do that to me, Jesus. That's what Peter was saying. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Wow. Jesus said, if you don't let me wash them feet, you're going to have no part with me. Now, was Jesus just talking about his feet? No, sir, and no, ma'am. Jesus was talking about being washed in the blood of the lamb. You know that song? I've been washed in the blood, in the precious blood of the lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the of the lamb this is the kind of washing that jesus was signifying here that hey if you don't let me wash you you'll have no part with me and the same with salvation if you never repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in lord jesus christ and get washed in the blood of the lamb the perfect sinless spotless lamb of god you will have no part with him Matter of fact, the Bible says you'll be cast out into outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth and gnawing of tongue. But that's not Jesus. what Jesus wants. No, he wants it so bad that he laid down his life for you. He wants you to be saved. And so we told Peter, you really don't understand, but you will later. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about being born again, being washed in the blood of the lamb, being made spotless and perfect and putting on a white garment that only Jesus can give. And then when you stand before a thrice holy God, he won't see your sin. No, he'll see the work of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's the kind of wash Jesus 
Thomas is speaking of here. And listen to this. After Peter said, no, Jesus, you're never going to wash my feet. And Jesus let him know, hey, if you don't let me wash your feet, you don't let me wash you, you have no part with me. Now listen to what Peter says after that. Verse number nine, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Hey, Peter said, listen, I want all in, Jesus. I want all in. Don't, don't just wash my feet. Don't stop there. No, wash my heads and my head. Just go ahead and get all of me. Jesus, amen to that. When you give yourself to Jesus, go ahead and give him all of you. Amen. And here's what Peter was doing once he found out that, man, if I don't get washed, I'm not going to have no part with Jesus. Go ahead and do it all. Here it is, Lord. I give myself to you. And that is a great example, Christian. Listen to me. When you go to Jesus, give your whole self to him, not just a little part. No, give it, go above and beyond. Amen. That's where happiness is. It's in the work and the service of the Lord. And we're going to talk about the key to happiness in this message. So stay tuned. We're going to have Jesus, not me, but Jesus, God's holy word, the Bible, is going to give you the key to happiness in this life. Amen. So moving on, verse number 10. Jesus saith to him. Now this is after Peter said, hey, wash my, don't just wash my feet, wash my head and my hands also. Verse 10, Jesus saith to him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet but is very clean with, and ye are clean, but not all. Jesus is talking about when you're saved, when you're born again, when you're a true believer, but even Jesus knew, and ye are clean, but he says, but not all. Jesus knew the heart of Judas Iscariot. He said, you're not all clean. You're not all going to be saved. But what did verse number one say at the very end? He loved them unto the end. It doesn't say he loved them all except except the one that's going to betray me. He didn't say, I love them all except Judas Iscariot. No, the Bible says he loved them all unto the end. He loved every one of them. Amen. And he wanted Judas to repent also. But see, it's a personal decision. See, there's one thing that's so sacred, God himself is not going to touch it, and that is your free will. God wants you. God wants you to choose him. And so in verse number 10 here, and where Jesus is washing their feet, it's an example of the Old Testament, how the priests would wash their feet and their hands before they went into the tabernacle to offer a, a sacrifice. You see, they had to be cleaned up. Hey, listen to me, Christian, before you can work for the Lord, you have got to be cleaned up. You have got to let Jesus get a hold of you and not only wash your feet, but your hands and your head also, that you may be fit to do the work of the master, that you may be fit to do what God has called you to do, that you may be a clean vessel that's under honor that God can use, that God can fill up, you see, because when you empty yourself of yourself, then you are free to work with God. God can then fill you up with what he has for you and the work that he has for you to do. And so this is an, an, a, a witness to that, that, hey, they're washing their feet before they go 
to work. And even us believers today, myself and you included, we have to go and get washed by the blood of Jesus. No, not for salvation. If you're saved, the Bible says you're saved, you're sealed unto the day of redemption. You're not going to lose it, no. But we do get dirty and defiled in this world because we walk in this world. We live in this world. And so we must go to Jesus on a continual basis to get cleansed, to get washed. Why? So that we may be fit for the master's use. Amen. So continue wash yourself with Jesus each and every day. Even the apostle Paul said, I die daily. Why did he say that? He must have had a struggle with it if he had to say that, if I have to work at that. Even the mighty apostle Paul who penned a lot of the New Testament had a struggle with that. He said, I die daily. He had to clean himself, wash himself up, put his desires down and pick up God's desires. Amen. Each and every day, it's a choice. Verse number 11, for he knew who should betray him. Therefore, said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garment and was set down again, he said unto them, know ye what I have done? Question mark. Jesus asked them after he washed their feet, do you know what I have done? See that right, just that simple statement right there tells you there's a much deeper meaning than just the washing of feet. Because Jesus asked them, do you know what I've done? Verse 13, ye call me master and Lord and say, well, for so I am. He's the master. He's the Lord. Amen. And he still is today. Whether or not you recognize him does not matter. The Bible says that he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end. So your thoughts really don't matter, but God's thoughts, God's words mean everything. Amen. That's why I know I can put my faith and trust in it because it never, ever changes. It'll be the same till all through all eternity. It will never change. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall endure forever. Amen. And he told him, you call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Verse 14, if I then your Lord and master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus said, if I can humble myself, I humbled myself as your, you call me master, you call me Lord. If I got down on my knees and I washed your dirty feet, you should do that for one another. You should serve one another. You should love and serve one another. And let me just tell you, it takes real humility to do that. On both ends, it takes real humility to get on your hands and knees or sit down in a chair and wash another man's feet. That takes humility. It most certainly does. And it also takes humility to take your shoes off and let another man wash your feet. You see, a man is naturally prideful. It comes built in, seems like it's just there. It's one of the biggest battles we as Christians face is our own pride. And so it takes real humility 
to it would take it to let another man wash your feet. We're so prideful. That's why we don't really read the instructions or ask for directions. I don't. I don't. I can figure it out myself. I don't need that. I can do that myself. I'm not going to ask for help. I ain't going to bother them. I can do it myself. I can handle it. I'm the man. I got this. See, that comes naturally, but it takes real humility for a man to sit down and let another man wash his feet. Amen. And I believe Jesus chose that for that reason. He, he could have chose a lot of things to do to show them, hey, this is how you, this is humility. This is how you love one another, that you ought to do it for one another. And it's the washing of the feet. Amen. So can I ask you, I never have. Now, we should love one another and serve one another. And maybe it is a little bit of a metaphor that we should help one another. But Jesus literally did it. Amen. And we should love and help one another. If you see another church member that is struggling, that can't pay their light bill, go down there and pay their light bill for them. And don't tell them who did it. Give God the glory because you don't deserve it. But God does. If you see somebody that can't fix their own car, hey, see if you can help them out in whatever way. Buy them some groceries. Leave it on the doorstep. Amen. Whatever you can do. Hey, that is loving one another. That is washing one another's feet. And what did, what did Jesus say? How they'll know that you're my disciples, that the love that you have for one another. Amen. When was the last time that you went out of your way to do something for a Christian that wasn't just your close friend or the one that you talk to at church every time or the one that you sit by or the one that you hang out with? Hey, how about the one that you never really talk to or the one that's really not your friend that needs some help? Hey, go do it for them and don't even tell them who did it. Give God the glory. Amen. That is what gets you real rewards in heaven. Thank God for that. Reach out to those people that are down and out. I'm not talking about just the people on the street. Yeah, we should try to help them too. But if you see a brother or sister in church, amen, the Bible says that you should get down and wash their feet when they're in need of it. You should help them. You should love them. You should have humility. Amen. Verse 15, for I have given you an example for ye should do as I have done to you. Jesus, the Lord and the master. He says, I've done it. I've given you an example. And hey, he got down, he washed their toe jam. He washed their feet and he dried it with the towel that was wrapped around him. He says, I have given you an example. Do you love your brother or sister in Christ like that? Would you humble yourself to do something for them. Did you notice what Jesus did didn't cost any money? It did not cost a dime. It just took some humility. Amen. It didn't cost nothing. And many times, some of the greatest things you can do for somebody won't cost a dime. They won't cost anything. They may cost you a little bit of your pride. They may cost you a little bit of humility. It may cost you to even hurt your image a little bit, but it won't most of the time it won't cost money. Hey, if you can pay somebody's light bill, a single mom that can't pay her light bill, amen, go for it. But maybe it's cutting a little lady's grass or leaving some grocery for somebody or just helping somebody out or babysitting. Or doing something around the house they can't do. Amen. That doesn't cost a dime. We should love and serve one another. Verse 16. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, 
neither he that is sent greater than he that sent me. Now listen to this. Here's the key. You ready for it? You want to know the key to happiness? Listen to this. Verse 17. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Listen to what he said. If you know these things. Now listen. I know that fast food is bad for me. I know it is. I know it causes you to gain weight and clogs your arteries and give you all kind of problems. But we still eat it, don't we? Yes, we do. Every now and then. Maybe you don't very much, but every now and then, I think just about everybody does. Even though we know it's not good for us. So it's one thing to know. Most of the time, people know what to do. They know they shouldn't eat that. They know they shouldn't go there. They know they shouldn't run the credit card bill up. They know. They know. It's one thing to know it. And it's a whole nother thing to do it. And Jesus points that out there. He says, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Just knowing them is not going to make you happy. Just knowing there's a gym is not going to get you in shape. No, you actually have to do it and work at it. And it's the same way in the Christian life. According to this verse, happy are ye if ye do them. Do you want happiness? Learn to serve. Do you want happiness? Learn to humble yourself. You want happiness? Learn some real humility that you might serve someone else, that you might go out of your way to do something for somebody else. Maybe you can't do much, but I tell you what you can do. You can call and pray with them over the phone. You can call. You can write them a very encouraging letter. You can pray for their family. Maybe, maybe you can't do much physically, but listen to me, spiritually you can do, you can move mountains, amen? You can encourage them, you can call them, you can pray with them, you can write them, you can lift them up in the Lord's name, amen? And so, and, but if you're able to physically, you should also do some physical things for them that they can't do themselves. And the Bible says, happy, happy are ye if ye do them so there is the key to true christian happiness happy are you if you know it and you do it amen and i guarantee it i know it from experience that god will put his joy in your heart to know that you are being the hands and the feet of jesus you are doing his work amen verse 18 i speak not of you all i know whom i have chosen but the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come that when it come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Jesus is talking about Judas, Judas betraying him. Jesus is talking about when Judas sold him out. And don't you know, even after Jesus died on the cross, if Judas would have just went and repented and got on his face and turned to God, God would have forgiven him. You think about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul would roll into town and he would drag Christians out of their house, have them murdered, stoned to death. They would take rocks and throw it and hit them until they die. What a horrible way to die. Stephen was stoned to death, the first deacon, and the Bible says that they laid his clothes at a young man's feet named Saul. That's why, because Saul was in charge. Saul watched that man die. He watched him die for his faith. 
Even Stephen's head father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Saul saw that. So the next time you think, why is this happening? I don't understand this. This doesn't make no sense. Listen to me. Be faithful to God. Give God the glory. Lift up his name. Pray for them and love them people and watch what God can do with it. Look what he did with the apostle Paul. When a man will die for his faith like Stephen did, there is no stronger testimony than that. And Paul met the Lord Jesus on that road to Damascus and it changed his life. Can I just tell you, God's wanting to meet with you. He's wanting to change your life. He's wanting to give you eternal life. He's wanting to give you the Holy Spirit so that you'll be sealed into the day of redemption that you may spend all eternity in glory with Him. I ask you today, are you saved? Are you born again? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? That when you stand before God, He sees His Son Jesus and not you. Repent of your sins. Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. 3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.